No soft landing for the Mariners as a daunting East Coast road trip begins with a matchup against the Red Hot Mets. We're going to be talking about it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? It is Friday, May 13th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, reporter and editor over at allseahawks.com, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patno. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a a week visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested and want more of us and if this is your first time joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it so the mariners are heading to new york and before we hop into what's going down in this series we should make it clear that we are actually recording this on thursday uh, right after we recorded Thursday's episode. So there might be some roster moves that we, at the time of this recording, do not know about. Um, but we are going to try our best to preview this series. We're going to be talking about some of the pitching uh, matchups and uh, George Kirby specifically. We're also going to talk about Kyle Lewis some. But tonight's game, when you're watching this tonight, uh, Max Scherzer versus Marco Gonzalez. Wins. N- of course, of course. We've been saying it all week that, of course, that the what the Mariners would do after this really, really crappy stretch that they've been on, they're going to go into New York and drop like seven on Max Scherzer because why not? That's just, you know, that's the I think that's the peak of chaos ball. But let's dial it back a little bit here. Objectively speaking, Colby, do the Mariners even have a shot of getting a hit off of Scherzer, Scherzer tonight. <laughs> Sure, they've had pretty good bat hip luck the last few days. I mean, should in theory continue, but um, yeah, that's kind of goal one, right? Like, forget winning, forget scoring a run, uh, forget even getting a hit. Can we at least draw a walk or a hit by pitch just to <laughs> kind of get that out of the way right away? Please um, don't get perfected. Please do not yes. get perfected. No hitters don't matter anymore. So just please just don't get perfected. You're the Seattle Mariners. You have a legacy to protect Felix Hernandez's yeah. legacy of uh, having thrown the last perfect game in major league history. Um, lean into one. I don't care. Just let's try to get that done by the third, like first time through the lineup. So we don't have to have that hanging over our head. Um, but yeah. I mean, obviously they have a shot. Baseball is baseball. Um, you know, the Mariners somehow put up four runs against Aaron Nola, who had his very good stuff working for him. And I mean, there's a ton of luck involved in that and a ton of fortunate bounces, but Hey, they still did it. Like it's, it's not like yeah. it didn't happen. Um, and you know, we've seen the Mariners, you know, in, in the past, they, they put up five runs on Shane Bieber. Um, like they, they, they can do this and the lineup is better than it's playing right now. Um, it's just, it's hard to believe with what we've seen over the last two weeks that, um, this lineup is going to do much at all, much of anything against Max Scherzer, who's still, you know, arguably the top three pitcher in major league baseball right now. Um, but again, you never know. Marco can keep it close. Only takes one mistake, man. Uh, as evidenced by Logan Gilbert, uh, Logan Gilbert last night, who was great for, you know, 
basically all but four batters in the entire game. He lost four to two. So sometimes that's all it takes and, and it happens a lot. And, and even the best pitchers will give up some, uh, some hard contact and have the ball bounce against them and, and have a rough outing. So it's, it's definitely possible. Is, is it likely? No, <laughs> no, not no, whatsoever. no, no, no. But uh, of course it's possible. I mean, it's, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Now, to be fair, the bets, offensively have struggled against lefties this year only in 90 wrc plus so never know and maybe that bodes well for robbie ray who's going on sunday as well gonna see him against carlos carrasco that's probably the most favorable matchup for the mariners in this whole series uh mm-hmm. because we got george kirby going up against chris bassett on saturday um which you know <laughs> who knows how that'll go we'll talk about that later on in the show though um but yeah so there is some hope that maybe marco could fare pretty well against this team. Uh, obviously it's yeah. been a pretty up and down year for Marco thus far. Um, same goes for, for Robbie Ray as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go into this series uh, completely expecting to get swept, but uh, there is a, a pretty good chance that that might happen because the Mets are, are playing really good ball right now. They haven't disappointed. They haven't let down like some expected because, you know, of course they are the Mets um, even after the off season that they had, but they're, uh, at the time of this recording, they're 22 and 11, but Thursday night they are playing. Um, so that could be 23 and 11. That could be 22 and 12. Who knows? But they are at uh, the top of the NL East. So I believe they just won. So okay, so uh, they're going to be 23 and 11. I believe they just um, beat the Nationals oh. four to one. Uh, interesting note: Edwin Diaz did pitch the ninth, and he did throw 20 plus pitches. Um, mm. So maybe that makes him. Probably not unavailable for Friday night's game, but maybe Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. So just something to keep in mind there. And again, we don't. It's, it's also worth noting that it's funny. The Mets' batted ball data suggests that their offense shouldn't be scoring as many runs as they have been. So maybe that's mm-hmm. some regression to a mean there is coming. But uh, yeah, Marco's going to have to be pretty sharp. Um, it's 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 interesting. I wouldn't say that this lineup is like unbelievably stacked like it's not like there's like three elites like you know hitters in it but it from one through nine it is just filled with quality hitters so marco's mm-hmm. gonna have to be on top of it he's gonna have to have that change up working against the the left against the righties um and he's gonna have to get that cutter in off the plate and get some swings on it that that's really his only shot yeah so for the mets you know dom smith kind of Struggling right now, 192-3241. But aside from him, they're they're hitting pretty well. Jeff McNeil, 330, yeah. 395, 456, 151 WRC plus. Brandon Nemo has the same exact WRC plus. He's slashing D6402, 439. Pete Alonzo, 287, 355, 525. Francisco Lindor, kind of a slow start for him, but he still has a WRC plus of 114. That's a 238, 317, 405 slash line for him. Eduardo Escobar, 216, 326, 342. Starling Marte, in his first year with the Mets, 262, 313, 377. Marcana, 291, 360, 342. A lot of these guys, we talked about this winter for the Mariners, and uh, they ended up going to New York. Uh, Marcana, of course, rabbit stew you know anyone anyone remember that fun time the 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 hour or the night that mark canna was a seattle mariner and uh the the mariners fans head cannon if you will uh <laughs> it was uh yeah 
A lot of these guys, uh, you know, Eduardo Escobar was another guy that you and I talked about quite a bit for the Mariners as well. Jeff McNeil was a, uh, I would consider him a star of Fan Fiction Friday. And those episodes that we did, he he showed up quite a bit in there, um, you know, because there were there were some reports that the Mets were pretty much done with him. But uh, he's been great for them this year. Um, He's been absolutely fantastic after having a slow year last year. So, yeah, this is going to be a difficult team to uh to face off against it's not a great matchup for the mariners if they can just walk away from the series with one uh game into one one win into i think that's pretty good success for them and if they can somehow get two or somehow sweep which i mean <laughs> let's let's calm down here folks but like if they can somehow walk out of city field with two wins i mean that's that's massive um that you know that would give them a significant confidence boost yeah just Find a way to avoid a disaster road trip. Yeah. Um, it's 10 games, right? Yeah. 10? Yeah. Yeah. 10 yeah, yeah. It's it's four right. in Boston. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Boston not playing very well right now, by the way. So, maybe the Mariners catch a break there. But, you know, the Mariners aren't playing well either. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Just find a way to avoid the uh, the disaster two and eight road trip. Um, you can get four and six or even five and five. Just kind of maybe you're not building momentum but maybe maybe you're not losing it either. You're yeah, you just, just stay in the course. Yeah. Right. Then that that's going to be pretty big and then the schedule does start to soften up as we get towards the end of May and then into June a little bit. So, um yeah, just kind of the the goal for this 10 game road trip is to avoid disaster. Mm-hmm. Um and hey, you know, maybe you go 6 and 4 or something like that and then you can start to feel good about yourself and You'll still be a couple games below 500, but you'll have some momentum. You'll have gone through a very difficult stretch in your schedule, one of the hardest um, road trips that you're going to make this year, and and have gone, you know, five and five or six and four, and you can feel pretty good about that. So just just avoid the disaster trip, and a good way to do that would be to take a couple from the Mets here, um, and then you know just see what you get. But uh, you just you, you have to avoid sweeps on this road trip, mm-hmm. um, and if they do that, they should be in pretty good shape. All right, so on Saturday, George Kirby is making his second career Major League start in a very tough environment. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. So go to Built.com, try one for yourself, try a bunch for yourself. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. There are recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, including myself, taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So George Kirby had a major league debut that no other Mariners pitcher has ever had against the Tampa Bay Rays on Sunday. Now, 
He's looking for an encore performance against the Mets at City Field, which is going to be pretty difficult for all the reasons that we laid out in the first segment of this show. Colby, what are you expecting to uh, to see from Kirby in this one? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm thinking the Mets are gonna be pretty aggressive on the fastball. Um, he generated so many swings and misses against the Rays um, that probably shouldn't have happened just because the fastball. Again, Kirby's fastball, while it is obviously the velocity is great, it's not a, a pitch that has tremendous spin rates. It's not a pitch that has you know great rise through the zone. It doesn't have incredible movement. Um, it felt more like the Rays were so cognizant of the slider that he was throwing that day that they were waiting for it to break and it didn't. And by then they were they were too late. So my guess is is that the Mets want to come out and they want to try and hunt the fastball pretty early. So it's going to be pretty important for Kirby to go out there and, and establish a slider um, and even throw a few more change-ups. He didn't really throw the change-up that much. Um, I think he's going to have to, particularly to guys like Lindor and McNeil and Brandon Nimmo. Um, I think that change-up is going to be a pretty big pitch for him. So uh, it's he's, he's, got an, he's got a pretty good one. It's it's majorly quality, but it's, it's fringy. Um, but he's going to have to use that. And then obviously he's going to have to have his trademark control uh, because you could just – you can't leave your fastball uh, in the middle of the plate when you're, you know, it's when all you have is velocity really. Um, and mm-hmm. thankfully Kirby, you know, his calling card is, is that fastball control and command. So I think, I think the Mets are going to come out and try to hunt the fastball. I think they're going to be uh, pretty aggressive with, mm-hmm. with George Kirby. Um, and we'll see how Kirby counter punches or if, if maybe the, the fastball is just better than we think it is for, an unknown reason. I mean, like he, like I said, it, it's it's not a high spin rate. It's not a high movement pitch. He doesn't have incredible extension like Logan Gilbert. But uh, you know, thirteen whiffs on your fastball is thirteen whiffs on your fastball. That's that's a really impressive number. So we'll see. I, I think the Mets are going to be pretty aggressive, which could help Kirby actually go deeper into this game, um, mm-hmm. which would be would be nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to have to see more of the breaking stuff. And uh, I, I think Kirby is a a smart guy. I think he understands how the league is going to start to attack his fastball. And I think he'll continue to make those adjustments along. But uh, yeah, the first inning or two, it's probably going to be my guess is that the Mets are going to go up there and they're going to swing at a lot of first pitches. Uh, so, so let's stare to dream a little bit here. If he goes yeah. out there and he gives the Mariners five, six, seven scoreless or one run or whatever against this lineup, how are you feeling? about George Kirby pretty good I mean yeah to me honestly like there's really not like I don't know how many starts in a row which Kirby would need to string together for me to feel like you know oh like we definitely um have a I don't know whatever you want to call it a a a breakout star pitcher this year um But I, I think what with Kirby is what I've settled on is that he's probably going to be on his worst nights. He's probably going to be like average Chris Flexen. And on his best nights, he could give you a number two type of performance. I think I think he's going to be a solid number four this year with some upside. Um, and if he does, you know, what he did against the Rays a few for, you know, or close to it, 80 percent of mm-hmm. it, like five, six times in a row, then maybe he maybe I start thinking of him as a as a number three right away. But uh yeah, it's. I feel pretty safe with with what Kirby's going to do on a outing by outing basis. I don't think he's going to blow up a ton, um, maybe once or twice because every pitcher does. But just the fastball velocity and command that he has with that pitch, 
makes it highly unlikely that he's going to implode um, basically like Matt Brash did several times. So uh, another good start would be great, but I'm, I'm not rushing to name him, you know, rookie of the year candidate um, after two starts. Yeah, for sure. And then on the flip side of that, they have uh, Chris Bassett going for the, uh, for the Mets and uh, the Mariners fared pretty well against Bassett yeah, last okay. year. Yeah. Yeah, 250, 338, 500 uh, was their slash line in four games. Uh, Bassett had a 528 ERA going up against the Mariners last season. So they, they did pretty well. Yeah, it was no Cole Irvin, but it was pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, uh, you know, Bassett, again, curveball is going to be the big pitch there. Uh, I feel like the the fast, uh, I feel like the curveball is going to be an interesting uh, pitch uh, for Julio to see. Uh, he hasn't really seen. A curveball. We've seen a lot of sliders, but not mm-hmm. a ton of curveball. So I'm kind of interested to see how that looks, uh, how Julio is going to adjust to that. Bassett's got a good one, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup for Julio this weekend. Might be the best three set of the best starting pitching he's seen in the series. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it'll it'll be a good challenge for him because Julio's on fire right now, and he's one of the only guys we can say that about. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm interested to see how he handles Bassett's curveball and the uh, the running fastball, Max Scherzer in particular. Hmm, it's almost as if someone who recommended putting Julio up in the lineup, maybe even in the first three slots of the lineup, was actually pretty yeah. smart and pretty ahead of his time. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I, I believe that person said that it would help Jesse Winker, which... Yeah, totally has. Yep. I never said I yeah, never said that. I said that it would per, it would limit it would limit the risk of having uh Jesse Winker a struggling hitter at the top of your lineup and giving him more at bats. I, I, I said so that it would you're totally fine with Jesse Winker hitting seventh behind a Eugenio Suarez right now. Okay, no, I am not I am not fine with that. That's literally I'm what you just said, but okay, okay. That's word for word what you said. He should be hitting fifth at the lowest still. <laughs> like like uh, at uh, at minimum, but it probably should be fourth. I still I still like the idea of lead off. To be honest with you, even um, even with the way that he looks yeah. right now, because it seems part like now he's is, like pressing because of the yeah bad luck. He, he probably is yeah he probably is um yeah. part of that is I I think though is that like I I kind of want to get because right now the Mariners have like four good hitters and I'm not going to drag this on because I know we got to get to the, the third segment here but mm. like the Mariners right now have four good hitters and they're all hitting four in a row. Which makes sense, but it's like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you got to you got to break them up, but not, you know, you know what I'm trying to explain? Like, well, yeah, nice you, you want like Adam Frazier hitting like third right now or something like that. Well, but it'd be yeah, nice if you got later on in the lineup and you actually had someone that you could depend. Yeah, on. right. Some, yeah. Be like, hey, look at that. You know, um, Winker actually hit a double like, wow, we didn't see that coming. And then you then you. All right. Who's going to who's going to have a shot to drive him in? Jared Kelnick, Cal Raleigh or Dylan Moore? <laughs> yeah yeah right it would on. be nice yeah i feel like i feel like a fix for that maybe would be putting jp in the leadoff spot and then having fraser hit like six but then I who mean, do you hit two three four five france that's a long julio. way down yeah yeah like obviously <laughs> france and julio and then it's like okay i mean winker i guess and then suarez yeah suarez suarez, suarez should hit ahead of fraser it just you're I'm, I'm mostly I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to break up the strikeout guys as best as yeah. possible. Yeah, you know I, I, I get it, man. Um, that being said, go trade for Ben Gamble. Problem solved. 
There you go. There you go. Problem alleviated, I should say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Slightly, slightly alleviated. Not at all fixed. Or He's solved. like 40% better than Jared. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that about no, no, no. Gamble. <laughs> liar liar been i'm just saying hated. that like even with gamble and so the mariners are still in a rough spot <laughs> offensively team gamble unite hey no, by I'm the way a, you know who the mariners should go trade hey, for i defended your take in the comments of one of our youtube videos the other day actually oh nice well yeah. that's because i'm smart <laughs> <laughs> only only a dummy wouldn't want ben gamble on this team um that being said while they're at it go get jake bowers just it's time to bring- reunite the bowers rangers Exactly. I think that's what the uh, the Mariners are missing. I think that was the glue that held the 2021 Mariners together. I'm just saying. And I'm just saying. When he showed up, now. when he showed up, Mariners. Where is he? Well. Where is he now? Cincinnati, still, I believe. Triple A, Cincinnati. Oh my God, he can't make the he can't make the major league roster in Cincinnati right now. I, that feels like it means more about that says more about the uh, the Reds than because like you're still rolling Jake Fraley out there. Mm. over Jake Bowers right now. Well, right now in AAA, he's slashing 146, 321, 268 with a 72 WRC+. Plus. But again, counterpoint, counter-argument, he was the glue that held the 2021 Mariners all together, mm-hmm. clearly. All right, so actually this was a good way to segue into our final topic of the day, which is Kyle Lewis. So we're going to be talking about him in just a moment because there is an update on him and actually maybe some hope that we could see him before the Mariners head home at the end of this road trip. Uh, but real quick, a uh, reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Jerry DePoto hopped on Seattle uh, 710 Seattle Sports on Thursday morning and talked about a plethora of things. We talked about some of his comments on yesterday's episode, so be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, but he also talked about Kyle Lewis, who is uh, continuing to rehab down in Tacoma and uh, even went as far as to say there is a chance that he could make his way back with the team before this road trip comes to an end. Uh, but he did admit that it has been a little bit of a struggle for Lewis uh, coming off of the days that he's played in the field. So let me ask you this. When he uh, when he does make it back to the Major League roster, what kind of role do you envision for Kyle Lewis? Yeah, I think, um, again, the, the, the part of, of, of the statement, obviously, about playing in the field, he's, he's kind of still struggling to bounce back from that. Not what you want to hear at all because you you really want that DH spot to remain open. But right now, there's really not a lot of better options to DH than to, to have as your primary DH than, than Kyle Lewis. I mean, Mitch Hanniger's not walking through that door. Um, so it's not ideal, but also it's not a huge deal. I still think Lewis is probably going to play in the outfield uh, once or twice a week. Uh, but I, I think it's also possible that if Lewis plays in the outfield, hypothetically, right, on Saturday, it means on Sunday he's off. He's not going to DH. And then Monday he would DH a couple days, and then he'd be back in the field again. So um, we'll see. Uh, it's 
it's we're we're about a month from two months into Lewis's rehab, and I know it's officially only been like five or six days, five or six games. Uh, but he was playing a lot and extended. He was seeing a lot of live pitching. So uh, the fact that he's still struggling uh, on those days after he plays in the field, certainly not ideal. But um, you know, you hope it's something that you can uh, that he can overcome. And right now, it's 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 not a huge deal because you can pretty easily accommodate him being your full time DH because there are literally no better options on this roster right now. Yeah. And this is, again, we said it on Wednesday's show. I'll say it again. Now, this is exactly why you should still make a trade to add to your outfield because you should not bank on everything going right for you. And everything going right in this situation would be Kyle Lewis turning to, to full health and being able to contribute in the outfield uh, because apparently uh, the Mariners are not getting Mitch Hanniger back until mid July. And uh, we talked about it on yesterday's episode, and maybe it's happened by now. Again, we're recording this on Thursday that, you know, Jerry Kelnick should be sent down at this point. That it's it's probably time for that. So uh, the, the Mariners are pretty weak in the outfield right now. This is exactly why we said throughout this offseason, the Mariners do not have too many outfielders. They do not whatsoever. And we're seeing that play out in full force, unfortunately. You know, I was hoping that we would be wrong in that situation. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just... That's the way that it that it's gone, and um, you know the the same complaint that we had with putting so much stock into Julio succeeding, which has worked out so far for the most part, and uh, Kelnick succeeding, which has not whatsoever, um, you know, and not really reinforcing the outfield whatsoever this offseason, aside from Matty Winker, who's you know defensively speaking not really an outfielder. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from, you know, they, they need to stop banking on everything going right for them. Right. That's the that's the point of the message, really, is that it's um, you just can't rely on, on Kyle Lewis to stay healthy and to be able to give you multiple games in the outfield every single week from here on out and be able to replace Mitch Hanniger properly and do all these things because that's just that's not the way that it's probably going to go especially when you hear stuff like this from Jerry DePoto so it would make the most sense to go into the trade market and add someone whether that's Ben Gamble whether that who knows who whoever it is just add someone with some major league seasoning and some success at the plate um, and that's absolutely vital right now because you just you cannot bank on, on Lewis being that guy for you you just you can't right now, uh, but it'll be nice to get him. Hopefully, you know, again, uh, Jerry said that there is a possibility that he uh, returns to the uh, major league roster by the end of this road trip, maybe in Boston, maybe even in Toronto, who knows? Um, but they, uh, they, they just can't rely on that to, to be, you know, the be all end all for them to be the change that they, they need right now to be the spark to, to get things going here. Um, so, See how it goes. Um, it's just not a great time right now for the Mariners from a roster construction standpoint. And, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of stuff that we could go down here and, and talk about, but really at the at the core of it and and just talking about what's what's going on right now, what the facts are. Uh, the Mariners need to find ways to to safeguard uh, themselves from from some of these things and to uh, to put themselves in a better position to succeed. And, hey, if they create a log jam down the road. So be it. That's a great problem to have, and that would be a, a much better problem to have than the problem that they currently have. And so, yeah. Right. It'll be the first time they've ever had that problem in the DePoto era. Um, yeah. You don't have depth until you actually have depth. 
yeah. warm bodies is not depth. So, mm. yep, I feel like somebody, you know, a reasonably smart fellow has said that quite often over the last four or five months. So, uh, maybe, maybe he was onto something. Maybe they were onto something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, yeah, something has to be done there. And, and again, thankfully, it does still sound like Lewis is going to, um, or that he has a shot to be with the team on this road trip. I would still guess he joins the team when they get back home. That'd be my guess, but uh, mm. he should help. But again, we also need to be careful not to just expect Kyle Lewis to come in and be like the savior of the Mariners' offense. No, he's just another. He's just another. You know, hopefully slightly above league average bat that just lengthens the lineup and pushes guys further down and gives you more options. So he should help a lot, but he is not the guy who's just going to show up and turn this team into a to an offensive juggernaut. So yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. And from a defensive standpoint too, uh, you know, that may create some issues in terms of getting them into the lineup and getting your best hitters into the lineup constantly. So we'll see how they, uh, how they make it work and if he's going to be able to go out in the field some, um, but yeah, again, just at the core of it, you gotta, you gotta get better from the outside at this point it seems but that's a discussion we'll probably have uh, again sometime uh, on next week's shows but that's going to do it for our show today and for our uh, week slate of lockdown mariners thank you so much for joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast for colby patnode i'm Tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez is d-a-n-e g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day now make your second listen of the day locked on mlb that's where paul francis sullivan and please call him sully brings you his unique perspective on the major league's president pass it's free wherever you get your podcast just like us so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend and we'll see you on monday peace